What's up, everything? This week, the Blues found their scoring touch and won three of four games by big margins. It's almost enough to forgive the loss to the Sabres. Almost. We're excited about where this team is at, and we're excited to talk about it. So let's get started, and let's go Blues! everyone this is the two guys no cup podcast it is thursday march 21st many of the children that none of you have because no one responsible listens to this podcast are on spring break and mm. how's your not spring break been uh not spring breaky i have no words um i wish i had spring break i wish they did that at work that'd be nice <laughs> In adulting, yeah. Do you know when I do get off? Uh, <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> phrasing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, at my new job, which no one will know about, uh, we do get, what is that, Fat Fat Friday? Good Friday. We get Good Friday off. Oh, that's nice. Which is crazy. Very that's, specific. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, we both started new jobs this week, and the people can know about none of it. Mm. I'm not as secretive as you are, but we're moving on. (laughs) Where are we recording today? Is it a weird and foreign place called Optimism? Mm. I thought you were going to make it one of our jobs. (laughs) (laughs) From wherever. From the broken shell that is the Monsanto Corporation. We can say it now. I used to work for Bear slash Monsanto, and they're an awful <laughs> group of people to work with. <laughs> you got out right at the right time. Uh, no, no, they're wonderful. I mean, mm-hmm. the people oh, are the wonderful. people were great. The products. Besides, <laughs> uh, touch and go. Touch and go. Mm-hmm. Oh, why don't we get this uh, show on the road by talking about... What do you want to talk about? You want to start with games? Yeah. For those of you that don't know, this is a hockey podcast sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Let's start by talking about the Blues game on Friday. Last Friday, is that correct? Against the... No, Saturday. Last Saturday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm -hmm. uh, Which the Blues won 5-1. David Perron made his triumphant return uh, after the game. He talked about how emotional it was for him. He said, it's so hard mentally and physically to be out of the lineup with this type of injury. Honestly, the first couple laps of warm-ups, I think I cried a little bit. I was just really excited. And it was cool. You could see how real the emotion was for him. Mm -hmm. It's kind of ironic, funny in hindsight. We were talking last podcast about how, you know, he had this history of concussions and they needed to be really careful to not rush him back and people needed to understand that it was going to take as long as it was going to take, and then naturally he came back the next game. Mm-hmm. I will gladly look like an idiot to see him play healthily. Yeah, and I mean, he's looked pretty good oh, in the few great. games we've had him back, so I guess it was just really, you know, him getting right with his vision. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, Oscar Sunquist did get this scoring started early in this one, his 13th goal of the season. I don't think he's going to hit... He's not going to hit 20, but he definitely uh, could hit 15 because mm-hmm. he's got one tonight. We're recording and starting during the second intermission of the 
Detroit game, so we'll go and see how it turns out. But, um, yeah, he got his 13th of the season with Jaden Schwartz assisting, as well as Colton Pareko, both of them getting their 23rd assist. Impressive for both, more impressive for Pareko, who, like, I feel like a week ago we were complaining about, that guy's only got nine assists, and now mm. he's he's a really good defenseman. Yeah, we... He's, yeah. We, we, like, we... The coldest take we've ever had on this show might be that he was a little overrated because he's not. He's very good. He's very good. That's, that's on us. So, Look, every so often you bite into a cold Hot Pocket <laughs> and you just live with the disappointment. Is your Hot Pocket cold in the middle? Oh, yeah. It's frozen. <laughs> um, yeah, so Pareko, very good. Jaden Schwartz, very good. Sunquist, surprisingly good. He made a nice play to clear the zone. Pareko chased it down. Quite heavy to get it into the zone. Left it for Schwartz. Pulled up, found Sunquist. Sunquist with a snipe off the far pipe. And in! Uh, Vince Dunn would score his 10th goal of the season. Vince Dunn, I think, also may be a very good defense. Mm-hmm. He's right. still got some kinks to work out on the strictly defensive side, but we'll talk about him more later. O'Reilly with his 42nd assist. David Perron with his 19th. We failed to mention that I think either during last week or the week before, O'Reilly officially got his career high in points. Mm. Um, So he's now well above that. But Perron extended his point streak streak, uh, with this goal. Obviously not one that counts. Yeah, his personal point streak. Which is stupid. I hate it. Um, But in any case, this was also significant because... Uh, with Dunn scoring his 10th goal, it became the first time in Blues franchise history where three different defensemen have scored double-digit goals. Um, he talked about it a little after the game and said, we set a record for the franchise, so that's a big accomplishment for our decor. Uh, and I think it was. He's got a really nice shot. Uh, he beat Murray. Uh, Murray was screened by Bad Branson. And the rest with history. Erica Branson, oh my god, he's so, 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 so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure Matt Murray's especially good either, but Erica Branson is real, real bad. They have Erica Branson on the Penguins, and they have Jack Johnson. Oh yes, and they're both locked up for four Oh my god. <laughs> years. I think, isn't Branson four, or is he two? He's that's, like I mean, two. that's more than this year, Yeah, I think which is too many. Be, yeah, whatever I, it is. I mean, if you've got Sidney Crosby and you've got Evgeny Malkin... You always have a chance to win the cup, but man, they're doing their best to try and make that not the case. I just, uh, you know, I just love uh, Jack Johnson from our days at Shattuck St. Mary, so I was doing my best. Greg Wyshynski impersonation of Sidney oh. <laughs> Crosby. Well done. Eric Goodbranson, two more seasons at $4 million. Woof! What are you doing, Jimmy R.? Uh, Pat Maroney, who is really heating up, uh, we will talk about him more later, got his sixth goal of the season to kick off the action in the second period, whereupon it was pretty much decided that the Blues were winning this game. Uh, he had assists from Robert Thomas and Tyler Bozak, both their 19th assists. How often do you see it like late in the season where both of the assists are the same number? This happens a couple times this week. Yeah, I was... Earlier with uh, Schwartz and Pareko, both had 23. Let's let's see if it happens again. It probably won't. Um, it does. does it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, it was a nice play by Thomas, who's real good. He takes a lap around behind and pulled it close uh, for a wraparound backhand pass. Maroon got a piece of it and knocked it home. Not a beautiful girl, goal 
uh, from the scoring perspective, few of Maroons usually are, but it got the job done, and it was a goal. Uh, Thomas made a really nice end-to-end play. I said on Twitter, I know we've always been high on Robert Thomas, so this will come to the surprise of nobody, but if there was a sophomore of the year award, Mm -hmm. and it couldn't go to the rookie of the year, because I do think Elias Patterson is phenomenal, I could really see it being Robert Thomas. I could see him having just a monster year next year. Um, He's up to 28 points now this season. Yeah. So if you're drafting in fantasy next year, don't draft him. Mm. Or do draft him unless you're in my league, then don't touch him. Yeah. Or I'll stab you. I do have him <laughs> in my keeper league, so good for me. Um, <laughs> Jay Bomeister, I would not keep him in a keeper league, but he, I wouldn't have drafted him in the first place just because he's not good for fantasy, not because he's not a wonderful human being <laughs> as I accidentally shoot Ian in the face with a rubber band. Jay Bomeister, third goal. Patrick Maroon, 15th assist. Zach Stanford, 8th assist. Uh, Maroon weirdly dangled on this goal. Oh, yeah. Tipsy he's got, he's got some the... soft mitts. Yeah. I know uh, Perano, or Perano, per- Tanger always likes to talk about how he's got some nice hands, but you usually don't get to see it. Uh, but this was a really nice play, and then there was a through-the-legs deke, uh, and he skated around behind him, had a backhand pass in front to Bomeister, uh, who scored, and Bozak was potentially screening Murray. Um after that, it was pretty much uh, clinical. Uh, Dominic Simmel scored an unassisted goal. It was just a weird, sloppy play where the puck ping ponged in front and eventually got to him, and he had a clean shot on Bennington. And it was four to nothing at the time, so who cares? Um, and then in the third period, Vince Dunn got his second goal, which I think is his first multiple goal game of his career. Eleventh uh, of the season, Pareko and Thomas uh, assisting. And um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a good game. The last period was a lot more track meaty and sloppy. Mm-hmm. I really wish the Blues would stop doing that. Hopefully, it's just something that they stop doing in the playoffs yeah. automatically because they know that the actual it actually matters now. But. And this is one of those teams too, where I'd say like it's the Penguins, so they are one of those teams that will push back. Right. Well, and also, but by the same token, they're one of the teams that you shouldn't let the foot off the gas. Oh yeah, never. We let the foot off the gas. We'll talk about it when we get to Edmonton a little bit. We let the foot off the gas for like a period or half a period, and then we were like, oh shit, we better mm. like stomp this team into the curb. Always. Which they did. Yeah, the Penguins ended up with a uh, fifty-two point eight percent for Corsi four so yeah they ended up I with more chances that. like you said towards the third period i believe they had more shots yeah their chances were 22 in the third to our 10 so yeah there yeah. you go i think that's fair um is matt murray a bad goalie i'm not sure he's a good goalie mm-hmm. i gotta say we all we've all keep saying it's not a thing and last year we just said it's not a thing he's injured and he's not bad and he's not good again this year to be fair, he does have Eric Gibson yeah. and Jack Johnson in <laughs> front true. of him, so maybe um, maybe that's part of it too. But I, you know, I mean, I think in hindsight, did they make the wrong bet letting Flurry go and keeping Murray? They might have. It might have mm. been the wrong call. Um, what do you think? Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I've, I was just looking at his stats earlier this week. I don't have them in front of me, but I was like, man, they're just. They're, I will. They're not great. Like you said, it's decor in front of him is not outstanding by any means. But I do think maybe he was, you know, just 
hot for the playoffs. And man, I mean, that doesn't matter. That's all that matters. If you're hot in the playoffs and you win a cup, you know, Bennington could just be hot in the playoffs and just garbage next year. I don't care. He's been more adequate this year than I thought. 917 save percentage, mm. 280 goals against, which is high, but that could be the defense. I wonder how many shots he sees. Um, let's see. He's faced 1,346 in 42 games. I don't have a calculator in front of me, but that's a lot, I would think. <laughs> um, I don't know why it doesn't say shots per game. Yeah. That's 32 per game on average, which seems high. That's a little high, yeah. Um, And then he's got a goal saved above average of 9.88, which is a good number. It's not Mm. upper echelon, but I think that's maybe what it is. I think it's maybe we thought he was like a great goalie of the Mm -hmm. future, and he's just a fine He's all right, yeah. Which is fine, but Marc-Andre Fleury has been pretty great still for the last couple of Mm. years. Is it worth giving up that plus your legacy with him yeah. for a fine goalie. Of the I mean, Flurry's in the Vesna conversation again this oh, for year. Sure. He's leading the league in shutouts. I mean he's he's a little he's got a little bit of the same tendency where some nights he's just not even awake, but mm-hmm. for the most part he's been really good. Um after the game, just a couple of couple of nice things. Perron was all smiles with that interview we talked about earlier. Um, Sunquist, who got a goal, said, I think all lines contributed today and played really good. Um, Dunn said, we really found our identity tonight, and it's a big win for us. And Bennington said, it's fun coming into another team's rink and kind of quieting the crowd, and it builds character in the team. Wow. <laughs> what a piece of shit. <laughs> What a cocky Wow. Rain it in. I bet other teams hate that he says that. I bet he's got a real bad reputation around the league. With all the other teams. Like Joan Jett, just a bad reputation. Oh. I think that was her. Probably. I thought you were going to say he just wants to rock and roll, you know. (laughs) Well, that's also probably Put another Deutschmark in the box, baby. (laughs) Yeah, because Bennington's all about them Deutschmarks. (laughs) He's very historical. Luke Korak pointed out that the PK was terrific today, going 4-for-4 against the number three power play unit in the league. Uh, Remember the game against the Pens on December 29th when it was 0-for-4. That is a considerable turnaround. Jeremy Rutherford says, Rewatching Blues, Penguins, and what a game by Maroon. One goal, one assist plus two, uh, five shot attempts directed to the net and three hits in 12 minutes of ice time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we, we can talk about Maroon a little more later because we're going to have kind of an extended conversation about some players after we get through the games. But he does seem to be rounding into form in mm-hmm. a significant way. Um, but it did, I will say that it always felt like and I, I, this is not me being hindsight because I wrote this note before the Sabres game. Mm-hmm. It always felt like we were just walking into a letdown mm-hmm. in the Sabres game. Um, and as we will find out shortly, I think we were. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they went to Buffalo the next day. Uh, they played the Sabres. It was kind of interesting, uh, our good friend Anthony Chandra <clears throat> at Chandra Sports on Twitter. Go follow him, S. C-I-A-N-D-R-A. We were kind of talking back and forth in a message, and we're like, we were both sort of like, no, I think my team's going to fuck it up worse. And it was like, no, my team's going to fuck it up worse. And it it ended up being us. I was right, Anthony. To his credit, his team was on a seven-game losing streak. Oh, wow. The Savers, we can talk about them at the end of this, but oof, what a a year for them. What Mm -hmm. an up-and-down year. Um, 
even here I said this game is going to go badly, and it sure did early on when Johan Larson, uh, who I've never heard of, scored <laughs> the sixth goal of the season, assisted by Zach Bogosian uh, with his 15th assist, who I have heard of, and Zimgus Gergensen's, who I wish I had never heard of. <laughs> Not because he's a bad person, just because that name is awful. Yeah, it gives uh, me a headache. He got his 12th assist. Uh, you're going to walk right out of the date, aren't you? Because you've got a headache and you've got to go home. Mm-hmm. i got uh, a big day tomorrow. That's a reference to Dating Around on Netflix, which is a wonderful show that's extremely awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, Bogosian got the puck, circled around, uh, waited, waited, waited for the lane to queer. He hit Larson, who had a queen shot on the short side. Um, Allen is screened pretty heavily on Bogosian's side. He does not do a great job of getting over, but because of the screen, you know, what are you going to do? Um Besides saving, I mean that is an option, but he, he didn't save it. So, um, I I always feel. I mean, I am always criticizing Alan, and maybe it's because I'm biased, but I think part of it's because he's worthy of criticism a lot. I'm sorry to people I offend. Patrick Maroon shows back up and gets his seventh goal of the season. Hey, buddy! Uh, <laughs> with a. Uh, his uh, with 11-12 expired in the first period. Another Thomas play. Nobody uh, technically got an assist here, but Thomas did a great job uh, to fight off a few Sabres in the corner and keep the puck behind the net. Uh, Maroon picked it up and reverse direction, lost it, picked it up again, circled wide around in front, and took a shot that beat Hutton. Uh, he may be, he may have been screened, mm-hmm. I thought, but no, he wasn't. It just oh. was not good for and on, Carter. And on that goal... You see two Sabres that are not covering Maroon at what all. Are their names? Oh, you got Vladimir Sabotka. Sounds familiar. And you got good old one? lanky Tage Thompson. Sabotka is at least covering a guy and turns around and be like, oh shit, I should get the puck from Pat Maroon. Tage Thompson's out to lunch. Like, yeah. Tage Thompson's just in the middle of the ice protecting nothing. Elliot Friedman was talking on 31 Thoughts today about. Um, Jason Botterill, the Sabres GM, and he mentioned the uh, O'Reilly trade, and he kind of mentioned it as a good thing for Botterill, Mm because he was like, well, because he made the Blues play for it and stuff, and I was just like, no, 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 Elliot. And at one point, they were like, and Tage Thompson's still crazy young, he's still a kid, and that's true. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I don't wish him ill, I hope he has a decent career, but I'm like... Are we really sitting here thinking he's going to be like a star in this league at any point? What do we give up in reality? Two firsts? Not even. We didn't give up I mean, that year's first? No. counting Tage as a first. Okay. It was we just... gave up this year's first and I think next year's second or third or something. Okay. Um, Damn. Yeah, it was not, not good. Um, I mean, Savoka's been terrible this year. Even worse than he was here last year. Bergwin walked, which is actually a blessing for them. Yeah, and good for um, him. Yeah, and good for him, too. But Thompson, who knows, has been real bad this year. Um, yeah, it's not been great. Evan Rodriguez is pretty good, though. He scored his ninth <sighs> goal of the season. He loves scoring. I was like, is he good? Or, numbers. yeah, does I he hate us? Anthony's really high on him, so I'll take okay. his word for it cool. and say that he's pretty good. Um but yeah, he got his ninth goal of the season. It was really, it was all about the play out of the zone. Um, Anthony, or not Anthony, Evan Rodriguez got uh, the puck on a pass out of the zone and was just pretty much gone uh, from that point. Um, per, or Pareko, Steen and um, Bo Meester were tripping all over each other trying to get back into the zone. 
and they could not succeed. Rodriguez got around them. Pareko didn't make an especially good play holding him off, and he just got the shot. Um, there was an argument uh, that said that uh, Allen's blocker got caught by Shiri's stick and that he was interfered with. Uh, that argument was made by Darren Pang, and I think it was largely false. <laughs> Did you have any strong opinions on this one? Oh, I, I just didn't think it was going to... That was not going to hold up. That felt like more like a, let's do this to get a timeout and collect ourselves yeah. sort of thing if they were going to call for a, a interference call. Yeah, did they actually challenge there? I don't think uh, I don't did. think so, but I mean, like, I was like, if you're going to do it to, like, slow the, the flood that's coming your way. <laughs> for sure. Um, and they slowed it long enough to make the second period, but uh, Brandon Montour, or excuse me, Connor Sheary scored um, his 13th of the season. Did you know he was super short? I did not. They showed Is him on he? the, I mean, maybe he's not, but they showed him on the ice maybe next to taller folk. But I was like, <laughs> damn, he's short as hell. The tall folk. They live in Mordor next to the dry folk. <laughs> um, <laughs> dry folk forever. <laughs> uh, Sherry has 13th goal. Old Al Nylander. Uh, Nyland, I forget how I mispronounce this. Someone yelled at you. Someone did. I think it. I, Nylander? I'm so sorry, person. I, I will look it up. <laughs> how about Nylander? How about I think it's Nylander. Nylander. I like it. Nylander. Alex Nylander. How about Farlander? <laughs> Highlander. There can only be one, but there's two. There is, so it can't be that. Continue. Unless they have to kill each other at some point. Oh, and they're on rival teams. Very mm. interesting. Rasmus Dahlin got his 30th assist. He's pretty good. Uh, Brandon Montour dispossessed Patrick Maroon uh, and helped it with help from Darlene, cleared the puck to Nylander on a stretch pass. Nylander and Shiri were in two on four, two on one on Bortuzzi. Uh, Bortuzzo, good lord, <laughs> tried the only move he had or any blue defender ever has in a two on one. He goes down on his stomach and Highlander dished it over him and passed him. Shiri received Nylander's pass and got an easy shot on Allen. Uh, and he roofed it in. And that was that. David Perron scored his 18th goal of the season later on, um, which I guess made it 2-2, two, two, no, 3-2. to two. Did we miss a... No. What? Did we miss a Sabres goal? Or did it end... No, it was at the beginning. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> my brain's all swirly. David Perron scored, keeping his point streak alive. Ristolainen, not his stick snapped like a twig. Not his fault, mm. necessarily. No longer the best Rasmus on that team. No, not not even. Um, maybe wasn't before. Maybe <laughs> He might be the third best Rasmus yeah, on that team be. now. I don't know if there are other Rasmuses. Maybe oh, it doesn't matter. Maybe the, or he's just bad, is yeah. what you're saying? Maybe they'll trade for Rasmus Sandin just to screw Ooh, with Ooh, yeah. Um, Braden Shin scored in the third period to tie the game. O'Reilly and Delzato assisting. It was notorious MDZ's first point as a St. Louis Blue. Uh, he took it and pulled it up against the half wall, knocked down by Larson, but he left it for O'Reilly, who reversed, swung behind the net. Uh, he swung back around in front, took a shot that deflects. O'Reilly fell over Hutton, Shin got the puck behind and wrapped around into an empty net. This is where the challenge happened. Housley challenge for general interference, or for goaltender interference. <laughs> Just a general but, interference call. <laughs> no avail. I have to say, like, what is goal? I, I just don't know. 
I just don't. No one knows. Um, sometimes it's blatant, and it's then it's not. And sometimes <laughs> it's nothing, and then it is. Uh, the last few minutes of this period were into in chaos, and it's a miracle that neither goaltender allowed a shitter because they were both in shitter form for the game. <laughs> uh, over time, Blues got some chances early. Thomas took a face off against Eichel and won it, uh, but Pareko wasn't in position, and it got down the wall. Peron, Thomas, and Pareko. Uh, they, as a group, got a couple of good shots in control, um, but it wasn't to be. The game went to a shootout. Eichel scored, um, sniping it past Allen. Bozak stalled and beat Hutton. Sheary went wide but missed the net. Perron tried a front hand to backhand uh, and tried to lift it over Hutton, but he couldn't elevate. Reinhardt worked it in front from out wide and forced the puck past Allen, who got a piece, really a save he should have had. Uh, and O'Reilly stalled and eventually tried a high backhander, uh, but he missed whilst being loudly oh, yeah. booed Amidst by all the Buffalo Sabres fans, which who gives a fuck? You guys suck. Um, <laughs> no, I love, I actually like the Sabres a lot, but really you're doing Ryan O'Reilly like. It was the only thing that kept you relevant for I love years. Sabres fans, but get fucked. No. <laughs> Anthony, you're great. Your city is trash. That's no, your I city. Mean. Hot garbage. <laughs> we love you. We love you all. Uh, so the Sabres won 2-1 to one in the shootout, 4-3 to three in the game, justifiably beating the Blues, who did not look good in this one. Any thoughts on this game? Sabres on 5-on-5 five five had a Corsi 4 percentage of 58.8. Yeah. Not... I mean, good again, for them, awful for us. Again, should it be Sabres, that way? It should not no. be that way. I'm sorry. What's their like? Can you find their Corsi four on the season? That's yeah. probably a lot of season searching. But. <laughs> That's a lot of season. Um, <laughs> and also on their heat map here, all three of their all three of their goals uh, were scored from the left circle. And that's a big red dot, too, so it appears they figured it out and just kept firing from there, and it works. Great. They have a great, I think Phil Housley's a great coach. Keep him forever. He yeah. figured it out. Now Anthony's actually <laughs> Now he's pissed. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, what is sad is that the Sabres were the hottest team in the world for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And they just peaked at the wrong time, and then they really bottomed out after that. It wasn't like they peaked and then were just kind of average. They peaked and became awful. Uh, and when you have a 10-game win streak but a 7-game losing streak, you basically went 10-7, and seven, which is less impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, Buffalo's Corsi 4 for the season is 49.3. So almost 10 points higher. Not ideal. Mm-hmm. Um. Any other thoughts on this game? I mean, it was a bad loss. If it had happened in another week, I would be a lot madder about it. Didn't we? Didn't we lose to them in Buffalo last year? You and I were at like a we thing. We were at a concert. Yeah. Whatever we went to, I don't mm-hmm. remember. Or was it Berbiglia? Yeah, Maybe it was Berbiglia. Oh, uh, don't say that. I mean, I like the guy. We should have said we were at like an art gala. Oh, uh, we were at an art gala. Yeah. Where there were. Orders, that sounds fancy. All the important St. Louisans are there. Art Holiday from Channel 5 News was there. Yeah. Ted Drew himself, <laughs> he was there. On his robotic legs mm. and his robotic kidneys. Yeah, uh, Mr. Toasted Ravioli, he showed up. One of, the, one of the Pulitzers, but like the red-headed stepchild, mm. not one of the real Pulitzers. Oh, yeah, no, it was like, he married him. It's one yeah. of the... <laughs> oh, just such a disappointment, but Bill Pulitzer. Oh. <laughs> 
God. I want I want a Pulitzer. What? Oh yeah, a Bill Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> listen, oh. listen, Ian. We could talk about Bill Pulitzer all day, yeah. but this is a hockey podcast. That's what people tuned in for. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys want a ten minute shit track on Bill Pulitzer? You just drop us a line, and we'll hit you with it next <laughs> episode. Any other thoughts on the Buffalo Sabers game? No, I was just hoping this was not a trend. We had Edmonton and. Detroit to look forward to, and I was like, "Uh oh, two shit teams that we might lose to now." <laughs> Wasn't it our first game, first consecutive home games since like early January or late December? Too? Yeah, yikes! What a weird. This was one of the worst schedules I've ever seen. Fix your algorithm. I don't know if it's true for everybody or just the Blues, but it's so bad. Um, but yeah, we've got the Edmonton, Edmonton game to talk about, which we shall do after returning from the third period of the Detroit game. And we're back. The Detroit Red Wings have been vanquished thanks to us. Spoiler alert, and I mean <laughs> thanks to you and me. Of course. If we hadn't gone out there, would have been a whole different ball game. Before we get to that, let's talk about the St. Louis Blues' ruthless beatdown of the Edmonton Oilers. Mm. And now is as good a time to, as any to mention that I was a guest uh, for a brief moment on the Hockey Writers podcast this week, which you all can go check out. Uh, but the host of that show covers the Oilers, among his many other hats. And we talked about how brutal this game mm. was for a minute. Uh, What's his name? The host, yeah. Jim Parsons, not that Jim Parsons. <laughs> Jim Parsons, both Jim Parsons? Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry also uh, the other Jim Parsons. Also good job, I guess. Big Bang Theory, that's yeah. his name. That's that's the show. Aren't you Big Bang Theory? <laughs> isn't, that your, isn't that your name? Uh, Tarasenko returned to the ice in this game. He looked terrible. No, he's looked fine, but he hasn't scored yet. Big trouble in Little China. Um, <laughs> Steen was moved down to the fourth line, where he has thrived. Yeah. And Mackenzie McEachern and Robbie Fabry got scratched. That's going to become a theme. Uh, excuse me, Jaden Schwartz scored eight minutes, 11 minutes in, almost 12 minutes in, with his eighth goal. Uh, David Perron and the notorious MDZ scoring assists. Uh you were at this game. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm leading us through it. Would you like to? Sure. <laughs> or just give your comments on the goals either way. Yeah, I mean, Jane Schwartz's goal, this first one was one that was kind of unexpected, just kind of skated out in front, a little bit like the Pat Maroon goal from the Buffalo game, just sort of uncontested and labeled one over a Koskinen shoulder. Good to see Jane Schwartz score, always good. He was Koskinen for the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was a rough one. They're Koskinen in for a penny, and they're Koskinen in for a pound. <laughs> I got a thousand. How many more you got? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can run through these. Second period, Alex Petrangelo scores uh, less than 30 seconds into the period, his 13th of the season, assisted by Jaden Schwartz and Oscar Sundquist. We got some depth scoring from Alex Petrangelo. Uh, <laughs> you, you can compare this to the Rodriguez goal. I didn't see the Buffalo game. Oh, Good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was just similar in the way that it was like, oh, the zone exit happened and we've already beaten all of their defensemen. It was some the main reason it was similar was because when the Rodriguez goal happened, uh, Steen and 
uh, Bo Meester were caught out on like one side of the ice mm-hmm. and Rodriguez was already on the other side of the ice. So it's like those guys are beaten. And that's kind of what happened here too. Uh, Petrangelo was on the other side of the ice from the guys that were theoretically defending mm-hmm. him. You know, I think I've seen a lot recently as Petrangelo <clears throat> and Don Preco and even Bo Meester all kind of stepping up offensively, like trying to get deep into the zone on plays, which is just nice to see one that's not costing us the other way. <laughs> Uh, Jaden Schwartz gets his... Which it will. (laughs) Yeah, eventually. Jaden Schwartz gets his second goal of the game, his ninth of the season. Um, Ooh, but would he get a third? Who's to say? Uh, Jaden Schwartz would say. (laughs) Uh, This goal leaks through Koskinen like shit through a goose. It is bad. (laughs) It is bad, 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 bad. Someone was like, well, Pat Maroon screened him. I'm like, the screen did nothing. The puck hit Koskinen. It just rolled right in. Would you say that Koskinen cost? Can end them the game. <laughs> I mean, if I had to say it, I would. <laughs> like with a gun to your head. <laughs> yeah, with a gun to my head. I might just <laughs> eat the bullet. <laughs> that seems fair. That yeah, seems like fair. the right ratio. David Verani has been back for a couple of games now, and he gets his 19th goal of the season, extending his personal point streak. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a real point streak, but the NHL's lame, so it's his personal point streak. Uh, assisted by Jay Bomeister and Oscar Sundquist again. Me and my dad a little bet thinking he was going to go for three. Uh, he did not, unfortunately, later on. He shouldn't have sloshed his brain around in his helmet. Mm-hmm. That's his own fault. Get a tighter <laughs> helmet, David, I think, is the answer to his problems. <laughs> uh, Bomeister fired a slap pass to Perron low to the right of Koskinen. Perron can't get the puck behind slap Koskinen. Pass. So he fires it off Koskinen's back, and in it goes, and out goes Koskinen from the net. So you could say at this point that he's Koskinen out. Yes. He's many things. Thank you, folks. I've been down all week. No, he's got more. Don't stop now. (laughs) Uh, Oilers, though. Oilers at the end of the second period. Fun, fun, fun. They get back-to-back wraparound goals on Bennington. The first one I'm going to blame on Bennington because he goes out to play a puck that Jay Bomeister could have played, and I don't know if he was yelling at Bomeister to not play the puck. Because yeah, Bomeister probably because of his massive ego. Oh yeah, his huge yeah. ego. Just a piece of work on the ice. Oh, what a piece of crap! <laughs> <laughs> but it was weird. Jay Bomeister, they whoever he was defending on the Oilers, put the puck around him. Bomeister decided not to turn around and try and play the puck, but instead was going to go for the interference play, which is illegal <laughs> because he's definitely facing the player for far too long with neither of them having the puck. And I was like, well, I guess Bennington called him off to go out and get it, but Bennington couldn't clear it either. Eventually it, it stays in the zone. And then uh, let's see who was it. Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets his 24 of the season on the wraparound. The second wraparound goal by Zach Cassian, uh, that was worse for Bennington because he tries to play the puck to his right and he is defending the post. He is defending with his left portion of his body, which is the furthest out of the net, the right post. Oh, no. He is barely defending a post and it's the wrong side. And then Cassian swoops around on the other side, wraps it in on Bennington. Not great. Can I ask you a question about the first goal? Sure. After it happened. <laughs> Would you say Ryan Nugent Hopkins was jumping for joy? Thank you. <laughs> Hopping. Yeah, yeah I, I got it. Cat scratch it. fever, all the good <laughs> okay. all the good jokes about Nugent Hopkins. There you go. <laughs> oh. 
So yeah, those two goals were right at the end of the second period. They were less than a minute apart. 4-2? Doesn't look... 4-2 lead doesn't look great We touched on it earlier, but boy, did they just collapse for the last 10 minutes of the second. I'll give credit to the guy behind me who was screaming the whole last half of that period going, man, they look like crap now. And I was like, oh, come on, you know, lighten up. But he was right. Fucking right. Smarten up. That's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You this, tell him to lighten up. This might have been the same guy that thought <laughs> Ian, the Kings had the great forecheck. Ian, second dating around reference of the night. Never tell a woman to relax. Okay. Mm. Well, this is a man, but Doesn't, don't tell Never that tell either. a blues fan to relax. That's true. You will receive the opposite reaction. It elicits the opposite. Reaction. What a headache. Episode uh, <laughs> four of Dating Around People. Give us your thoughts. Give us your thoughts. We need to watch like real Netflix shows that people would watch. I've, Greg Wachinski turned me on to this, oh, okay. so screw them. <laughs> Let us know. In the summer, I think uh, when it's downtime, we're going to review each episode of Stranger Things Season 3. Ad nauseum. Two hours of analysis on an hour-long episode. Just really we dig will have into it. Thirty minutes of Atlantic Division talk and two and a half hours of talking strangers. Mm-hmm. Recap scene by scene. <laughs> Eleven's bleeding from her nose again. Can we talk about that? Bleeding from her nose again. Don't you think she'd have mastered her powers by now? Don't you think Gary Bettman would get his head on straight and address <laughs> the concussion problems of today? It's gonna be today? a lawsuit, Gary. Oh, but boy. she's an eleven-year-old girl. She's not allowed to play. And then it's a whole thing about sexism and mm-hmm. you know bigotry in the workplace, and it's a whole big controversy. Man, we were almost on the rails on this one, and now it's just completely, we're in the ocean. And then Millie Bobby Brown goes on to win 12 Oscars. (laughs) For a Netflix TV show. Oh, and like her acting career after the fact. Oh, of course. I'm not betting on it. And four Grammys. (laughs) Blues, third period. We thought they were going to lose, even though they're up (laughs) 4-2, but they proved us wrong that a lead can be held by this team. Blues power play goal by David Perron, his 20th of the season. I believe he's now 20-20. Braden Shen, 32 assists. That's crazy. Shen shoots the puck, and Perron redirects it with his stick behind his back. Would this team be in the playoffs if they'd not brought back David Perron? Damn. And I realized he was gone for a month while they were at their hottest. But also remember how right before he got injured, he was the only thing that was winning us games? Mm-hmm. He was last year's Tarasenko. He was last year's this year's Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, he was. Which is not to be confused with this year's last year's Ivan Barbashev. Know who's hot? Dua Lipa. I don't know. Sure, great. <laughs> Patrick Maroon. Patrick oh, Maroon yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. fortune. He gets his eighth goal of the season, assisted by Robert Thomas and Tyler Bozak. Come get a taste of the wraparounds. <laughs> Come get some, Edmonton. Oh, it's almost worse than the Bennington wraparound because on both of these, Bennington almost made the save. He almost got over there. He didn't quite get to the post on either of them. They went in. Uh, Stoller's here. I believe it's Stoller's. Anthony Stoller's. Is that the right Is that the right yeah. guy? Okay. He's now in that. He has reached the opposing post with a skate. He has been there for, I don't know, three Mississippis. And Patrick Maroon just tries to jam it out of his pad. And guess what? It goes in. 
like shit through a goose. Great job, Anthony. <laughs> Just what you want in your goalie. Uh, Lucic pushes Sunquist uh, later into the boards a second or two after Sunquist shoots the puck. I got nothing for Stolers. No. I'm, I'm trying. You get back to me. Stolers is a bad goaler. There you go. You saved it. Um, well, Stolers didn't save shit, but you yeah, saved yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Lucic is a big old piece of shit? <laughs> he sure is. Uh, tell me more. Oh, it's just, a, I mean, he shoves Sunquist real late. Sunquist goes on the boards. He gets up, he's holding his arm. Me and my father think Sunquist is dead. But he came back next game. It's great. He'll score a spoiler alert goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, somewhere in here, too, Pat Maroon fought uh, Zach Cassian, notable large old man baby Zach Cassian. Uh, it was a pretty good fight. It was center ice. I think it amplified Edmonton's bench because <laughs> I think they scored those two goals after it. So good for nothing, Pat Maroon. Uh, yes, five-minute major. literally ends the game with five-minute major. Jaden Schwartz gets a power play goal out of that. All is right in the world. 7-2, Blues win. Uh, it was it was a thrashing. I mean, 44 shots for the Blues to Edmonton's 17. For a while, Edmonton didn't crack 10. I think even in the third... I think bleeding into the third, they didn't have 10. Not so good. <laughs> like, what do you even do? We were talking about this at the game. If you're... Connor McDavid, they always talk about how he's like, he's frustrated, but he's a consummate leader. He talks about, you know, what the team can do. No, 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 no. Like, well, that's like. They have to rebuild, they have to start rebuilding right now uh because it's going to take a while. So it's like. Otherwise, he's going to walk. He's not talking, he's walking. I, I. I've been thinking about this this week because Mike Trout just signed his giant contract extension. Mm-hmm. And I think even more than basketball, I like LeBron's probably the best player in basketball. Mm-hmm. But he is finally aging a little bit. But even if it's, I mean, it's sort of true of him. But in baseball and hockey, the undisputable best player in the world are on like two of the most hopeless teams in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, granted, in baseball, the Orioles are worse and stuff, but the Angels haven't done shit with Mike Trout there. They have not. I don't think he's played in a playoff game. Maybe one year. Mm. Same as McDavid. He's had one year of the playoffs. Why are you still there? Why are you signing a 12-year contract, Michael? Oh. Oh, and I feel like. Is it 12 years? 12 years, $435 million. I mean, I guess, you're, I guess you're made for forever, but... Not made enough. Not, <laughs> not if you're putting up that shit. Not getting any World Series rings. Good God. What year... Edmund, he or, can get 10,000 BMWs and have $23 million left to his name, though. That's pretty neat. Had to write an article for work, which I'll tell you no more about, that I uh, divided <laughs> his contract and decided how much of shit he'd be able to buy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This is Connor McDavid's fourth, fourth? quattro? 15-16, right? Yeah. So, yeah, four. This is fourth season, and this is on... This would be the first... Which is great. Doesn't it seem like he's been here forever? Wait, did he sign, did he sign an eight-year contract? Like, after the so three-year ELC? Year of his... Oh, my God. Connor. I mean, I guess Connor. there's time, but they gotta, they gotta do something now, I, man. I know you're getting paid, but Connor, demand a trade. 
This like I he's hate, not there at the end of the contract. I hate the he's NBA not. for their ability for players to just say I'm the GM now. Mm-hmm. But Connor, you're the GM now. I know, seriously. You can do it better than them. You go to what with the guy with the terrible hair, Daryl Cates, and you say <laughs> I'm the captain now. I mean, you are yeah. literally the <laughs> captain. He goes, but oh yeah. Figuratively speaking, you tell him what the fuck he has to do because Daryl Cates doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground and you have to tell him you have to point him to the bathroom and undo his button for him i was trying to decide how graphic i wanted to get i think you wrote the right right balance well done that's gonna get us a five star podcasty for sure (laughs) just like just tell like I know, I, good for him, good God, good for him for being the guy that's like, if you don't believe in this team, get out of this room. But who believes in that team? You don't, like, if you do, get your head checked. Uh, it's broken. Uh, it's so broken. They came to their old, to their coach's old stomping ground, and they couldn't even be bothered to give a shit. Ooh, there was almost a Hitchcock chant while we were there. When they're theoretically in a playoff chase still, kind of. I mean... Not after that, yeah. but before that. They have one of these games, like, every two weeks, like, just a just dumpster. Connor McDavid also, I don't think, has ever been especially successful against us. He had like a six game, six or seven game multi point, six like multiple points in every game streak yeah. or something coming in, and oh, just devastating. Like I'm sad. I'm sad for Connor McDavid. I'll always remember the Robbie Fabry goal that he scored in his first game and oh, Connor McDavid's and then said first I'm game. Give him some shit about it yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, what what different trajectories they took from there. <laughs> oh boy. Uh any other thoughts on this game? None. No, there's some. Uh all four lines were humming. I thought this was like the best I've seen the whole team play, like top to bottom. What were they humming? Run around Sue? Mm-hmm. Gloria, all the all the hits, all the current hits on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes they'll get real, real current and sing Backstreet's Back. Yeah. Oh, that'd be that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Come on. Well, we have nothing really to be back from. That's true. So for the first time in forever, it seems like other than someone that Schwartz, Tarasenko, or Shen, this team has chemistry. Barring Laterra, may he rest in peace. Um, you've got Perron with O'Reilly. You got Perron with Schwartz. You got Sunquist with Samford. You got Thomas with Maroon and Bozak. What a weirdly wonderful line that has mm-hmm. become. I love it. What kind of weird voodoo magic? I like that. So Bozak's not score. I mean, he does score sometimes, but he's not the scorer. Thomas really isn't either. So now Pat Maroon is like your. Your scorer, your sniper guy on that line, the guy that you're getting the puck to. <laughs> I'm like, what? Huh? Bozak has so many skills, they're just never together. Mm-hmm. He's got all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the kindly old grandmother assembling it in 30 <laughs> minutes. He's been, this whole team's been trending upwards. I really like Bozak <laughs> recently. Thomas has obviously been slowly but surely building up to being like, what we think is most certainly going to be a star. Yeah. Yeah, you know, don't we don't want to overstate it. But, you know, Amon Ra, like <laughs> powers, is what you'll have next year. One of the lesser Egyptian gods. 
Um, from our from our friend, can we say friend? We'll say friend. I don't think well, everyone's a friend, friend on Twitter. Uh, Sarah, I don't, I don't think Sarah's the type of person to message us and be like, "We are not, not friends. friends." I hope not. That would be devastating. Mm-hmm. From our friend Sarah at Sarah Sings Twenty Seven on Twitter, just. just S A R sings twenty seven. Oh, thank not you, Sarah. Sar, go Sar follow sings. her. You know, it's her. It's her handle. That's it's fine. her business. That's fine. That's... She's our friend. He's judging you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a judging sound that I just made, though. But she couldn't see that I was shaking my head. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's done. You're dead. Yes. To her. <laughs> okay. But she said, uh, since the line formed on December 11th, 2018, together in 14 games played, Maroon has seven goals, eight assists, and 15 points. Bozek has seven goals, 14 assists for 21 points. And Thomas has five goals and 13 assists for 18 points. Mm. Pretty good. I mean, that's, what is that? That's over, that's over a point per game for all of those guys in the 14 games they've played together. Would you say the line is very smooth? Yeah, we gotta we gotta find a different one. We gotta you know? get other songs. Yeah. We gotta listen to more Matchbox Twenty. I just had the greatest hits. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take that project on. I'll make that sacrifice for you, people. <laughs> Next season, I will know Matchbox Twenty like the back of my hand, which is an expression I've never understood. Because who's staring at the back of their hand? Oh, I thought that was gonna be a song lyric. I, th- I was gonna be very impressed. <laughs> I think you could put the back of my hand in a lineup of other human hands, and I'd get it like. 70% of the time, but not 100, I don't think. Whose ugly-ass hand is that? That's your hand. Oh, oh well, I'm hideous. Someone, I'm horrible. Someone needs to moisturize. <laughs> that's that's true. Winter is it's, it's the devil. It's brutal. Um, before we move on to the Detroit Red Wings game, just a shout-out to our friend Jake Webb, who just messaged me in the middle of recording to demand that we get the podcast. Stuff. So, Jake, as you're listening to this on Highway 63, heading back north to your Iowa home, I hope you're happy. Yeah, Jake. We burnt the midnight oil for you. Jake, you need to chill. (laughs) It's true. It's true. We've, We've been meaning to have this talk with you. And now we're having it live on air. But let's talk about the Detroit Red Wings. The St. Louis Blues beat them handily. Miko Koskinen was not in net for this, mm-hmm. so there were a lot, a lot fewer puns. But Jonathan Bernier did get burned plenty. Oh boy! Uh, so you get three more puns. Oh no! Oh, that's there. You go. There's the trifecta of dating around references. Your acute headache. Yeah. No one will know. Thomas, what we're no, talking no about. human being understands our references. Um, Thomas Vanek, someone whose career no human being understands, <laughs> scored his fifteenth goal of the season, uh, assisted by apologies yeah. in advance. Taro Hirozi, I believe, with his second assist in what may only be his second NHL game. Uh, and Franz Nielsen with his 25th assist in his 9,000th NHL game. God, this team is old. We'll talk about it. Uh, it was sloppy <laughs> defense by the Blues. Hiroshi took a shot from far away. Vanek got to jam away at it until it's in. I swear to God, if he'd needed 10 attempts, he would have gotten them. Nobody was coming over. <laughs> and we're just like, well, either Bennington's going to cover it or it's a goal. Uh, but Oscar Sundquist, even the score later with his 14th goal of the season, Michael Delzato and David Perron assisting. Uh, it was a nice entry by Perron, who got pinched. Delzato made a nice play 
Uh, he got it at the half wall, and instead of going behind him or behind the net, he dished it backhand to Sunquist, who shot and scored. I kind of like Delzato on the team so far. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think he's fit in pretty well. He's a lot faster than I thought. He's a little bit smaller than I thought, too. Uh-huh. I mean, he's not tiny, but we sort of talked about off-air that you see the 42 that he's wearing, you think David Backus, you and me are both fine with that. Like, that's no big deal. Yeah. But it is kind of hard to rewire your brain, even though Backus hasn't been on this team in however long. Um, I see 42 yeah. just in, like, day-to-day life, and I'm like, oh, look, David Backus. <laughs> so, on the ice, it's real confusing. I hope do other th- people do that, by the way? I hope when you see it, you really do think, like, David Backus, <laughs> like, not the just, person. Hey, that number reminds me of David Backus. Oh, look. Oh, look. It's a number search on the back of this Captain Crunch box. <laughs> hey, 42. David Backus? <laughs> Oh, no, just Captain That's Crunch still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Captain Crunch would have been a great nickname for him back in the oh, day. Oh, damn. <laughs> Not an Alex Petrangelo. It's more like no. Captain Get Crunch. Captain Get Saddleball. <laughs> what is he? If he's the serial, what is Alex Petrangelo? We like Alex Petrangelo, by the way. Uh, <laughs> raisin. <laughs> oh, yep. Is that correct? Yep. yep, 100%. <laughs> I was going to think of something, but you got it. It's healthy, it's fibrous, but it's not always Jesus, good going who cares? down. Uh, <laughs> Ivan Barbashev opened the scoring. Ivan Barbashev. Did he, though? Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, he opened the score, or he didn't open the scoring. I meant to say open the scoring in the second period, but I just never got to that. Alex Steen, 14th assist. Vince Dunn, 21st assists. Uh, we failed to mention earlier, by the way, uh, because we'd hinted at it in advance, that Tyler Bozak and Vince Dunn both got their 20th assists on one of Jaden Schwartz's goals. So it did, in oh, fact, yeah. happen again. Thank you. Just didn't want to leave people hanging on that. You Because know, I know folks are really... We were going to get emails. <laughs> they are tracking this podcast for continuity. That's what we're all about. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to build a storyline. <laughs> Sanford walked in with Steen, hit him with a pass. Steen hit it off the crossbar like he's uh, Randy Carlisle, who's no longer employed. Rip. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, he's no, no longer, longer with, with us. <laughs> The puck got behind around to Dunn, who took a shot that went wide, and then the puck went in front. <laughs> Finally, Barbashev buries it. Watching it back, this was one of the most chaotic goals I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so bizarre. Uh, but it's endemic of how terrible the Red Wings are. Barbashev's second goal was a lot better and a lot sexier. Basically, Michael Rasmussen had the puck and then he didn't anymore because Ivan Barbashev murdered him into the board. Alex Steen picked it up and they cycled around so that Barbie was in the cre- or was in the slot, got the pass, took a shot, it got saved, but he took a couple whacks and got it home. His second goal of the game. Any thoughts so far? Or should I just plow on through? Keep plowing. Michael Thomas Crom- Van Weck. Wow. <laughs> Thomas Vanek scored his second goal of the game and 16th goal Don't of plow the season. That hard. Mad- <laughs> I'm got plowed, apparently. Madison Bowie or Bowie, or I'm going to say Bowie, his seventh assist of the season. I need him to be good because I got a rookie card of him accidentally, so he's got to be. He needs to be a contender. Nicholas Cromwell, 19th assist of the season. Whatever. Uh, it was a goal. <laughs> uh, Pierre Dorian paused for five seconds and said, it's a goal. Uh, 
Patrick Maroon ninth goal of the season to fourth for his fourth in as many games. Four goals in four games for Patrick Maroon. Robert Thomas, 22nd. Tyler Bozak, 23rd assist. Missed it by that much. Mm. Uh, This was also a little chaotic, but it ended with Thomas beautifully kicking a pass to Maroon, who was wrapping around without the puck because he can't not wrap around. (laughs) And happened to basically have an empty net with which to score the puck. Um, It was 4-2 to at that point. That's about when we got back out from recording the first time, and then uh, the rest of the period was uneventful. Ivan Barbashev did cement his hat trick on the empty net when Zach Sanford slowed down and slowed down and slowed down and made sure to get in the puck. It was a nice moment. Uh, Barbashev basically skated into the net and then still almost missed that. Did you notice that? Mm-mm. He skated all the way up and he was that, unopposed yeah. and then he decided to roof it for some oh, reason. Yeah. I was like, oh. why didn't you just like... <laughs> Who is that? The old There was an old Dallas player that went all the way to the net and tried to roof it and missed and then Edmonton, the team they were playing, came back and scored 6-on-5. And I think Dallas went on to win later, like in a shootout or something. But I was like, this is why you don't but do that. was in the crease. Patrick Stefan, that's who it was. Oh my God, I remember this. Yeah. Don't do that, Barbie. Don't, don't be 2000s Patrick <laughs> Stefan. Don't be any this, Patrick Stefan. Don't be this year's ago, years, many years ago, Patrick Stefan. Uh, don't, that's the number one rule in the NHL. Be, don't be Patrick <laughs> Stefan. Be this year's, last year's, next year's Ivan Barbashev. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the Blues win five to two. As they should have. Yeah. We were, we were worried coming into this just because. I was. Felt like a bit to, of a letdown game. take a bullet. That's right. I felt optimistic. You I did. forgot about that. Yay <laughs> it's me. Such, such a foreign feeling for us. Right. I just write it off from the beginning. Um, yeah, good, good game. Good win. Uh, I don't think there's a lot to add. You beat a bad team at home. Good job. Mm. I don't know. Little Caesar? I'm going to have a little seizure saying a name like that. <laughs> yeah, not the best name for a place. Detroit is never hot and ready. <laughs> hot and ready for losing. They sure are. Uh, let's talk about how old their roster is. You want to do that real quick? Yes. It's so, very old. <laughs> so, And that's the whole discussion. Yeah, there you go. So uh, they pointed out on the broadcast that this is the second oldest team on average uh, which is incredible because they should have been re- rebuilding for like five years now. Um, but they said they had 10 players over 30. Those 10 players are Franz Nielsen, who has four years remaining, counting this one on his deal at $5.25 million. Not good. Justin Abdelkader, five years remaining on his deal at $4.25 million. Uh, Franz Nielsen, 34. Justin Abdelkader, 32. Darren Helm. Three years left on his deal at $3.85 million at 32 years old. Thomas Vanek, wonder, wunderkind himself, just the year until he's a UFA, but they didn't decide to trade him, because why would they do that? Um, 
Mike Green, two years remaining, $5.375 million. He's 33 years old. Nicholas Cromwell, I think, is expected to take his victory lap next year, 475 this year. Jonathan Erickson, 35 years old, $4.25 million oh. this year and next. Trevor Daly, for some reason, at 35 years old, $3.16 million this they year and next. They signed that recently. Uh-huh, indeed they did. Jimmy Howard, who I guess... Did he sign an extension? Did he? He's not a UFA next year anymore. Oh, I missed that. I did too. So he's a 5.29 this year and a 4 million next year. And then Jonathan Bernier at 30 years old, $3 million this year and the next two. That's 10 players over 30 on their rebuilding roster Dump. yes uh he signed a one-year extension one day ago so thanks oh. thanks for telling me world um man we were talking about him as the blues goalie none of those guys seems like a very 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 long time yeah also today no yesterday was the four-month anniversary of craig Berube's day first day on the job okay <laughs> silence always good for a <laughs> podcast um None of those old guys are very good. No. Jimmy Howard's probably the best one out of all of them in terms of like. How many of them were want. ever especially good? Nicholas Cromwell, Cromwell was, obviously is a legend. Mike Green was many moons many ago. Many, yeah. Was Franz Nielsen like he was okay? Who do you play for? Islanders. Franz Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. that seems right. Yeah, I thought he was all right for the time. But I think he like was already tailing off when he got that contract. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Darren Helm's been there forever, oldest, and uh, Justin Ablocator got a contract that was like, "You're the best grinder we've ever had. Here's money for someone that grinds," and you've it was a, too much. You've got a horrifying nose. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What?" A sick backhand. <laughs> and just a sick backhand. And none of their young guys are overly impressive. Dylan Larkin, and what else? Is Anthony Mantha, like, impressive? No. Is uh, Happy to See You any good? <laughs> I don't think so. Like, I mean, he's fine. He's really fast. Man, is he fast. He's he's their Magnus Payarvi. Boy, he's so fast. End of story. Yeah. I, like, so many old people, not a lot of good young people. They've got... Do they have people Michael in the Rasmussen system? is supposed to okay. be decent. They got Joe Velino this year. Who was the other guy they got? Oh shit, Philip yeah. Zadina. Okay, All right. but he's not like I don't know how he's been this year because he obviously hasn't been in the top league. He's just the AHL. Yeah, is he an AHL? Okay. but maybe they can just say fuck it. We don't need him. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't see any big turnaround for them soon. Which is kind of tragic because I, I should be able to hate the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. That should be God's gift to me as a, as a know, hockey fan. Something we might forget, though, I think the biggest thing for their turnaround that's coming is Steve Eiserman as GM. Ooh, you're right. Now, that could turn some tables pretty quick. Oh, I'd love it if you just started grabbing people from the Lightning and shoving them I up also, there for no reason. I also love how that's just a given, Yeah, too. everyone knows. Zadina has 31 points in 48 games at the AHL level this year, but is a minus 13, which isn't great. The Grand Rapids Griffins. That's their minor league team. Yeah, I just... I, between the Ducks, the Oilers, the Senators, and the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. 
Who's the most mismanaged franchise right now? Oh, God. I think those are the candidates. Are there any I, others? I think Detroit's bad, but they're, like, classically bad, where it's like, well, that's just You're too just bad. You're just the wrong people too and, much money. And kind of the, They're not, like, embarrassment. Yeah. Bad, so I was Irregular bad. And I guess kind of the Ducks, too, where it's like, I think there's more personnel problems, like, on the ice, where it's like, you shouldn't be paying these people. You, they I, they crossed the line to me though, where they finally oh, fired yeah. their coach after too much time, and then the GM's like, That's "I'm true. the coach now," <laughs> because I got to figure out what the hell's wrong because I can't do that from not behind the bench. Which, by the way, what are the guys too stupid to like clam up when the GM's around anyway? Like Jacob Silverberg and whoever Rickard Raquel friggin' hate each other. Are they gonna yell at each other in front of Bob Murray? Yeah, they are. Okay, um, maybe. The Senators are sad top to bottom, but also at the same time, I do look at their team and go, you know what, there are some young people here where I'd be like, cool beans. Senators have kind of a bright future, I think. Yeah, I think it's always, I think I think it's almost always Edmonton. Yeah, you're right, it is, it is, they're more horribly mismanaged. Uh, uh. <laughs> I was texting someone who uh, doesn't know hockey the other day, and I called the Angels the most horribly mismanaged franchise in major sports, even including the Edmonton Oilers, and I just said, you'll just have to try. <laughs> he goes, oh, I've heard. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, yeah, do you want to talk about some other stuff? Sure. Or do you want to get out of here? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, live looking, though. Vegas is currently beating the Winnipeg Jets 5-0. Give me them deets. Do you have just the scores up? Yeah. Did the Flyers hold on to beat the Blackhawks? They did. They beat them three to one. I got Carter Hart going like, for me in the fantasy championship. Something only Steven cares about. Yep. <laughs> that see. is literally a game that only I care about. You're correct. Pittsburgh beat Nashville two to one in a shootout, but you know, that's something. And then <laughs> let's see. He's trying. Yep. And then Colorado beat Dallas three to one tonight. So generally a good day for the Blues. Then let's see who plays tomorrow. The Wild play Washington tomorrow. So Washington beats Minnesota. All of a sudden, the magic number for the Blues, I believe at right now it's at 7. I think if the Wild lose, it's down to 5. I believe that's how it works. Who knows? Who knows? Who I know knows? it was 9, so... That's my quick math. I'll take it. I'll take it. 7 points, I take it, or 7 wins and their losses? Um, you know what, maybe, I think it was points. Uh, I would believe it's, it's points. points. You talk about stuff and I'll figure it out. <laughs> Why don't we talk about how friggin' good a couple of players have been. Uh, Vince Dunn. Really, f- like, good. Like, I thought he was good. I like Vince Dunn, but, mm. man, he has the potential to be special. Um, an interesting, fascinating stat from Sean Tierney, Charting Hockey, uh, go support him on Patreon. He deserves it. He's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, best pairs with over 200 minutes together for goals, uh, for expected goal shares for a defensive pairing. The leading three pairs are uh, Brett Pesci and Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Miro Heiskanen and or Heiskanen and John Klingberg, as you might expect. Mm-hmm. And topping the list... Out of the entire NHL, Robert Bortuzzo and Vince Dunn. Now, I don't want to besmirch <laughs> Robert Bortuzzo, but I do not think 
he is pulling his weight, or even Vince Dunn's weight, <laughs> in an expected goal share ranking. So I think that points to how good Vince Dunn is. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a creative playmaker. Listen, listen, he's still got a lot of gaffes defensively, but not as many, I don't think, as he had even earlier in this year. He's certainly not this year's, last year's Ivan Barbashev. <laughs> he was the one, right? It yeah. was him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think he's a he's a really special player. Uh, he leads the team, I think, other than, well, Delzato did at one point. Uh, but he leads the team in Corsi 4 and uh, Corsi Differential, mm. which is incredible for a young player, I think. Um He's just doing a lot of stuff right, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's... Let me pull up his natural stat trick. He's shown himself to not really be, at least not yet right now, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. You no, know, 2.0. Yeah. I think the big difference for me with Vince Dunn is even defensively he's looked better. Like you mentioned, he's had he'll have gaffes here and there. He's a smaller guy. But um, he's a lot more active with the stick, and I think he's a lot faster than Shattenkirk ever was. Uh-huh. And so he closes gaps really quickly. If the if he's able to get the puck away from a offensive forward or an opposing forward, he's able to collect the puck really quickly. And he's he doesn't have like the best first pass, but he's normally able to get it off to his uh, defensive partner Bortuzzo or somebody really quickly to get it out of the zone. I would love to know, and we'll have to look this up. I really want to do a deep dive into um, advanced stats sometime soon. I want to know what his like um, defensive zone exits are, like success rate is or offensive zone well, entries. I don't have that. I will try to look it up, but I do have some interesting stuff. So he's currently fourth on the team in point shares. Mm-hmm. And there's a wide gap behind him. There's a little bit of a gap in front of him, but it's Pareko at 10.8. Petrangelo at 10.4, O'Reilly at 10.1, and then it's done at 9.3, and then it's down to 8.6 for Tarasenko, and down to 6.6. To who's sixth? Who do you think is sixth? Um, you, David Perron? You're going to be wrong. No? no. <laughs> it's Jay Bomeister, our good friend. Wow. Okay. Um, he is, let's see where Corsi 4 is on here. Um. So, yeah, he's now second on the team behind Chris Butler in relative Corsi 4. But he's number one in Corsi 4 percentage. Who's number two? Mm. We were vindicated by him on last week's game. Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. All his advanced stats are still good. A little word for the bunch of you. That oh thinks Jaden Schwartz was dead. I was here the whole time. That's all I want to say. Said Jaden Schwartz. I'm vindicated. Um, <laughs> who do you think leads the team in expected plus minus? It'd be Vince Dunn at 17.4, joining Ryan O'Reilly atop the list. Um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't even... So his PDO is... Under 100, which really? means he's arguably unlucky. It's 99.5, yeah. so it's close. But just really everything. I mean, there's nothing here that says that he is 
struggle. You know, that yeah. he's not really good. I definitely thought he was going to be a candidate for sophomore slump for us. Oh, for 100%. sure. hundred percent. And there were times this year where it looked like he was. Yeah. His one, he, so he's, his through percentage, which is the number of shots that go through to the net, is kind of low. I mean, it's 50.2. Kairu is 66. Uh, Robert Thomas is 65. But he's not taking a lot of shots, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't I don't know what to expect of him. I don't know if he can really be a top pairing defender. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can. I mean, maybe I'm just wrong about him. I would love for that to be true. I'd like to see them start giving him more serious power play time mm-hmm. and because he's still only like 12th on the team at like 17 minutes. So, that's not great. I feel like mm. that particular thing. Um well, he's on the second unit, right? And when the second yeah. unit's him and Pareko, and he's normally Pareko's the one they're directing the puck to. I wish it would be done, though, yeah. Yeah, I think just in general, I'd like to see him uh, get more time there. But other than that, I mean, everything's kind of seems to be going right for him. Yeah, we're done with the haters. There you go. Were there haters? I don't know if there were haters. I don't know. Maybe. I'm going to look up his hero chart. I think you're saying, I'm going to look up if he's got haters. <laughs> does he have... Do you have haters? <laughs> Let me Google, does Vince Dunn have haters? Um, I was wrong, yes. The Blues still, their magic number would be nine points because I, Arizona, I believe, won tonight. Maybe? No, they didn't win tonight, but it's still nine points. Because Arizona could get a possibly get all the way up to their ninth place in the West, and they could get all the way up to... 90, what is that, four points? And so, yes, Blues would need to get at least nine to get to 95. So we have, how many games left? We have eight games left. So we really just need to get a little over half of those points in order. So we basically just have to go a little over 500 in order to secure a playoff spot. So keep it up, and it might take even less of some of these teams like Arizona or Colorado or even Minnesota end up losing more games here down the stretch. I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, it's just the math. No, you, you have to agree. I know. But I was looking up here at Trucks, and I'm not sure they exist, so mm-hmm. it's hard to find. I was just going to say, Vince Dunn, good guy. There you go. He is a good guy. How about Jay Bomeister? What do you think about him? Bad guy. No, he's a good Agreed. guy, too. Agreed. Um, we talked about this a little, texting each other this week, but I wouldn't be opposed to bringing Jay Bo Meester back. One year, only one year. I'm only giving him one year, no matter what the price. Just one year. Because you never know when those old bones are going to just fall apart again, and he'll be gone for forever. So one year at no more than, I'm going to say, three and a, three and a quarter million dollars. And I think, you know what, Jay? I think you take that. I think you run with it. He's actually been, I thought, surprising this year. In fact, our whole decor, maybe minus, I don't know, Edmondson, really, mm-hmm. has been kind of surprisingly good. I suppose Petrangelo had a rough start, too. But he's sort of coming into his own again. This is the Petrangelo we all know, which is a fine player, I'll have you I'll have you know. Not, nec- not a bad defender, like someone say, or just a bad captain or a bad player. Um, anyways... To Jay Bomeister, yeah, I think I would bring him back. I don't think I'd bring Carl Gunnarsson back, but I think if you can't find a better option, 
for the right money on the left side there, bring Bo Meester back. He doesn't have to play the top pairing, but he can in a pinch, at least for now. And uh, it's someone as obviously organizations always like to have people that they know. So that'd be the, that's probably what they're going to do, I'm guessing, unless they talk to him and he's really not willing to go for less than a year or you know less than $4 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think he's he kind of has to know what his role is now, which is just savvy veteran old defenseman guy. But he's got his speed back too. I don't know. I think it's worth taking the little risk on him being a year older because he still seems to be fairly competent back there. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I wrote about this a little bit this week, and I think um, the uh, Ron Hainsey took a contract two years ago when he was Bomeister's age that was two years for six million. And that seems a little on the high end for mm. me. I just my my thing is Bomeister's fine if you just want to bring back this defense and just roll with it again. Mm-hmm. But if you're not sure I'm not sure that the current defense is Really, I mean, like Dunn's really good. Mm. It's got a lot of good pieces, but I'm not sure it's as cohesive a unit as I'd like it to be that works in today's game as much. So if you want that, if you want to address that, then maybe you change things around. But other than that, I think you're fine. Mm-hmm. Bringing him back for cheap, like you said. How about um, uh, Jaden Schwartz, but Pat Maroon. How do you feel about Pat Maroon so far? I mean, a lot better now. <laughs> I, I really thought we were going to be... I was on the dissenting side, and I thought we were going to be getting the Pat Maroon we got for the first, you know, two-thirds of the season. I really mm-hmm. did think people were overhyping him a little bit, especially when it was looking like that Pat Maroon, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko line that everyone was uh, poking around at the beginning of the season for. But, yeah, he's definitely coming to his own, and he played really well last year on the stretch for New Jersey, I believe, too, so... Maybe he's just one of those guys that turns it on when he needs to. Maybe he's a, a real David Backus type. Not to say they're the same, but if you remember, if anyone remembers, it seems like every single season David Backus didn't start scoring until about end of December. Now, granted, this is Pat Maroon in the end of March, but I'll still take it going into the playoffs. Uh, big body still kind of nice. I think he'll be useful in the playoffs for that reason alone. Whistles get buried. You can be a little rougher, it seems like. I think you'll have find himself having a big role. And, yeah, I never would have guessed a Thomas Maroon-Bozak line was going to work out this season. I would have never guessed that was a line they would contemplate. Uh, I never guessed most of this was going to happen in terms of chemistry between people. But I like Pat Maroon. If he ends the season well and does well in the playoffs, I could offer him... A contract, one year deal. a one-year, two-year for not that much money deal. Look, Pat, buddy, Oakville, Oakville, Oakville High friend, high school I never went to. Um, but no, we're not going to pay you a boatload of money. I don't know what he was going to get on the open market last year, because he took a discount, as we all know. Um, Did he? But I'm whatever that amount is, I'm not paying that next year either no i my concern with bringing back any of these guys is well especially on the forward you you got to have a spot for jordan kyber Mm. next year it can't be any of this bullshit where he's shuttling up and down 
You mean the four or five times you did this past week, you didn't like that? Well, I mean, this year you're kind of fucked, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're already in as deep as you are. But next year he's he. I know people say he can learn more in the AHL, and yes, he technically can. But basically, he's a point per game player. There, he doesn't have a lot left to prove. Mm-hmm. He's a special, special prospect, and I know. Flues fans are like PTSD'd about prospects and think that they're all going to fall apart on you. They're all tyranny. Um, but he's special, and I think they need to treat him as such and give him next year to develop, even if it's a bumpy ride for a little bit. So if you're bringing back Pat Maroon and risking having a spot for him, then sorry, Pat, you got to go. But if you can clear some other spaces, you know, if you're trading Shen or trading whoever, whomever. Alexander Steen. If you can trade Alexander <laughs> Steen, whoever, you know, if you're making moves, then I'm all for bringing Maroon back at the right price. It was interesting when I was talking to Parsons on the uh, Hockey Writers podcast, he kept bringing up players and I kept being like, well, you know, they actually had off-season surgery and we didn't oh, talk yeah. about it much, but they sure have gotten better lately. And when you think about it, Tarasenko had the shoulder surgery. Yeah. He was awful, and then he got better. Um, Bo Meester had the hip surgery. He was awful and then got better. And I think even Maroon had some significant back surgery, and he was awful and got better. So maybe we just underestimated how big of a deal all of those were for all of those guys. Could be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think overall he's he's been so good lately – you want to see it continue. If it continues through the playoffs, then great. Maybe you talk to him about coming back at the right price, but you got to be careful there. You can't get, you know, gaga eyed because he's a hometown kid or anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, some people are. I know some people are, and, you know, they're entitled to, but. <sighs> no one's clamoring to keep sea butts. <laughs> That's true, that's true. Speaking of hometown folks, I wrote an article I very much enjoyed this week about the All-St. Louis team, so you should go check that out. That was really good. It's a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. I wasn't fishing for yeah, that. Yeah, he, he's handed me a dollar, <laughs> and I desperately need it. <laughs> this new job does not exist. Yeah. He was fired. He was let go. Um, a lot of growth opportunity does not pay well. Uh, indeed. Um should we name that? What are we we were talking about names early? Should we name it Vince Dicated? No, no. So well, we're now we're talk, We're literally going to talk about the episode name on here. Yeah, we do it all the time. Oh, do we? Oh, okay. I've, missed, I've been out to lunch on those. We're going to name it. Mind your own business. I have a question for <laughs> you'll, you. You'll read it. That's the first thing they'll know. So when they get here, they will have known what the title was for an hour and a half. Oh, okay. <laughs> we should, I want to experiment with more of our titles. Did you then. say you had a segment you wanted to yeah, spring on Yeah, I was just going to ask okay. you a question. It has nothing to do with anything we've spoken about. Excellent. Perfect. Or Which hockey. of the guys would I have chosen for What's-Her-Name in episode four? Yeah. And some <laughs> Someone's gonna. No one's gonna watch the show. Somebody's gonna watch it and be like, "These guys are broken inside." <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. No, I was thinking today because I heard it on the radio. They're talking about Neapolitan ice cream. Do you like Neapolitan mm, no. ice cream? No, 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 you don't. But do you like ice cream? Yeah. Okay. If you could make your own Neapolitan ice cream, where it's three different oh, flavors, shit. what would it be? That's deep. There are right answers. <laughs> so, 
Cookie Dale, mm. for sure. That's just <laughs> he a, goes, scratch that. I'm going to ask you. Okay, continue. Here's my confession. Here's my confession. I just said I liked ice cream and I hate it. <laughs> Some people will just leave the show and never come back, and that's fine. I don't like chocolate dairy products. Hell yes. Really? You're mm-hmm. the same? So gross. Oh, thank God, Ian. I love you so much. They're so gross. Just chocolate milk, chocolate ice cream. Just get all, just get it all out of my face. <laughs> I can't, like, look at chocolate milk for too long or I get grossed out. Um, so I'm glad. So, so we're not going down that road. There's one I really like that's like an old man ice cream is butter pecan, mm. but I'm not sure it functions in a Neapolitan setting. Well, I mean, it just... <laughs> but it <laughs> Who could. gives a shit? Um, cookies and cream. Mm-hmm. Delightful. Uh, I'm trying to think. Do you have one prepared in your head? Oh, I do, of course. Always. Mint, mint chocolate chip, is that one of yours? Mm, I can't, I don't mind mint stuff like that. I'm the same. But I can take like a bite or two, and then if I have to eat a whole thing, yeah. it's, it so tastes mint, like toothpaste. It, mint is not like chocolate to me where I'm grossed out by it. It's just like, yeah, I don't want like lots of it. Yeah, yep. Um, hit me with yours. Hit me with yours. So, in this order, and you'd eat it in this order, I don't, I don't know why. Left to right, or are you talking middle stripe? No, I'm talking like... Yeah, like left left to right. Left to okay. right. Um, would be cookies and cream. That's dope. It's amazing. Then you do moose tracks in the moose middle. Tracks. I was thinking about moose tracks. And then I'll go off the board here by saying, like, I'm not changing the last one, although I don't know what order they go in. I'm going straight strawberry. Ooh. Nice. But it's gotta have like strawberries like in it sort of thing. Oh, like and a, here's another like thing. Yo yeah. <laughs> This is like this is like me just ranting now. Here's another thing. Vanilla, that's a flavor. Yeah. And despite the three things I just named, it's my favorite flavor. So you can go to fucking hell if you don't <laughs> think it's not a flavor. I'm in it. I am so here for all of this. Vanilla is a flavor. Yeah, I think... It's a foundation. Do you I, like cookies and cream? Because half that shit's vanilla. Yeah, I think I maybe do the two I mentioned. You know what? I think I just do cookies, cookie dough on one side, mm. butter pecan on the other side, and then just straight vanilla in yeah. the middle. That's because it's a foundation. You're connecting a, the two. Exactly. It's a bridge ice cream. Do you like? Do you, you like what, ice cream sandwiches? It's just vanilla. What's in there. the bridge between the chocolate and the strawberry and regular Neapolitan ice cream? Mm. It's vanilla, mm. isn't it? There's probably some sick fucks that eat both sides and oh, just throw the vanilla just, out. Fuck, you can just die. <laughs> <laughs> You can die. I remember getting like that a, was a delightful question, by the way. Remember, remember steak and shake. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? They're all gone. Um, they kind of are. There's the one. one. There's the one that's gone. So but. like, so can can we go down this rabbit hole now? Well, I mean, people are all gone. So I have. <laughs> <laughs> We're just we checked to each out other. hours ago. So I. Found this article somebody shared on Facebook. Like, several area steak and shakes are supposedly closed for renovations. Yes, yes. But there is no renovation happening. (gasps) None. And when they called Steak and Shake Corporate for comment, there was no comment. There was no corporate. I was like... That corporation's been closed for 30 years. (laughs) So what the fuck is happening at those steak and shakes? Okay, so that's... They were already 
hubs for drug dealing. What could they have had? <laughs> so we can say the K-Bova Steak and Shake. No one else is from where we are, <laughs> yeah, of course. You either know or you don't yeah. know. So the K-Bova Steak and Shake is closed for renovation. For a while, the lights were just off. Mm. I remember telling my mom this when I'd drive home or something. I'd be like, it's closed. And she's like, it's not closed. She's like, maybe it's closed because they're... <laughs> That's either going to sound really good or, or be incredibly so harsh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were closing that one. I was like, no way. And then yeah, it says renovations. But I had the same thought where I was like, renovating to what? They have a shtick. Yeah, it's stick and shtick. So some fucking bullshit is going oh. on in there. Oh, so. I don't know the story, but have you ever noticed? <laughs> have you ever noticed how on some of the signs it says like "Steak and Shake" by, and it's got that like weird Italian name. Oh, really? You ever noticed no. this? So if you look at the the one at one forty one and forty four, these people are so into this conversation. <laughs> I hope you're happy, Jake Webb. This is all on you. Yeah. But if you look at that one, the next time you drive by it, on the sign it says "Steak and Shake," and then in the corner in cursive, it's like by Maurizio or whatever. Really? Yeah. And the the story with that is. <laughs> Apparently, the like original founder or owner, or like maybe like an intermediate owner, was gonna get forced out of the company. So he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll pay to have all these friggin' signs renovated so that they can't force me out because my name's on the sign. That is some crazy African dictator bullshit he pulled. That is full blown insanity, sir. Wouldn't you just force them out and like change the sign? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, you would, but they just spent all the money getting the new sign. Like, oh, we can't get them out of here now. (laughs) I also love the idea that this guy had unilateral power to change (laughs) the signs. Can you change the Steak and Shake sign? There were no checks and balances on this guy. Are you the Steak and Shake guy? (laughs) No, but can you make me a Steak and Shake sign with my name on it? Yeah, I mean, we can. I don't understand... The story there, but I do know it skeletally, and it very much interests me. I know a few people in my life that really hate Steak and Shake, and I don't understand hate. I mean, you can be indifferent, but I, I like Steak and Shake. It's cheap. It's decent food for what you're paying. Can we read about this controversy real quick? Yeah. We're in this deep. Riverfront Times, February 12th. Steak and Shake. St. Louis Steak and Shake's clothes for remodeling are not being remodeled. And the picture of the Steak and Shake they show, I'm pretty sure, is our local Steak and Shake. When news broke late last month that eight St. Louis area Steak and Shake locations were temporarily closed for remodeling, the entire situation seemed a bit odd. S&S regulars were left clueless about what kind of remodeling was being done and when their favorite location of the grilled burger chain might reopen. But now they're wondering if their favorite location will reopen. Fox 2 reports that remodeling is going on at the closed locations and that reaching out to Steak and Shake's corporate offices for answers yielded nothing but silence. (laughs) Reporter Vic Faust, I used to know every reporter and now it is just Mm. not even, not even. Um... Mandy Murphy. Vic, she's still alive. She's a thousand, but she's alive. Vic Faust says that even the media company that announced the closures could not provide any further details because it did not quote represented the rest represent the restaurant anymore. We reached out to corporate media relations and also got nowhere. 
However, our call to the Steak and Shake customer service operator yielded another intriguing clue. When asked about the status for one of the eight closed locations, our friendly customer service operator said she showed it as not active. Does that mean it's closed forever? Not necessarily, says the rep. It might reopen one day under a different franchise. Um, we, we are so much more into this conversation. <laughs> uh, multiple RFT readers, this is an update at 3.07 p.m., multiple <laughs> RFT readers have reported seeing billboards around town advertising Steak and Shake franchise opportunities. So if you're looking to get in on the Steak Burger game, it appears that now would be the time. And finally, update, a reporter from Fox 2 News quotes Steak and Shake CFO of franchising Tom Murray as saying, we are looking for franchise partners to come in and own and operate these locations because the locations were not extremely well run from cleanliness or customer service perspective. Okay, so the hand of God. Although, although like, it's not like, I don't know why I said that. Yeah, the K-Bova one, not particularly well run. Always kind of nasty. As long as we're swapping hand to God stories. Yeah. I went through there one time at like 10.30 p.m. or whatever with some friends who were from out of town because they insisted. I did not think, oh, hey, I you're from out of town. That. Um, and the guy orders the milkshake and the guy pulls the classic the machines down. And this guy, so quick on his feet, I'd never have the balls. I'd just very politely say, oh, I'm so sorry and we'll go on my way. But my friend was like, wait a minute, don't you make them by hand? And yeah. the guy had to friggin' make them. He wow. was like, I'm so I was just messing with you guys. And it was like, no, you weren't. You were trying to pull one over on us, but we got him. That was at Kvova too, so they were real fun. Up. So if you're looking to open a Steak and Shake franchise, I guess now's your opportunity. But this does not sound like a corporation you want to be a part yeah. of. This is oddly reminiscent of that story when the day when the guy who owned all the Wendy's franchises in St. Louis, did you know about this, was like hugely corrupt and went to prison and they all just closed oh, overnight. I do remember. Because you remember the one used to be up on like Manchester at like Clarkson up there? Yeah. And it was just going on and one, it was like an Einstein bagels the next day. I remember the one at Mason in Manchester turned into like a Dewey's barbecue and yeah. now it's a Dunkin' Donuts. And then they weren't around for like three or four years mm -hmm. and then they were just back and oh, now yeah. they're like functional I always wondered again, about that. That's the reason. Folks, if you type in the names of these places on the streets and everything, you can triangulate our <laughs> positions. And just find very the exact carefully, house yeah, that yeah. we're in. <laughs> it's going to be very creepy when you're all in studio next time and cramped. Do we have any other chain restaurant conspiracies theories? No, but I want to check in on the worst checking on a shake and shake every so often now. <laughs> Should we name this podcast Scenes from a Workaround? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never have another opportunity. Um,. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else to say. Any other meaningless conspiracy theories on your end? More, more later. Jake got 20 extra minutes of this podcast that no one else is listening to, so congratulations to him for making it to the end. Mm -hmm. He probably fell asleep and drove on I the road. I was going to say, at least 200 of our listens that we get are people just turning on the podcast to keep their cats company during the day. I'm almost certain they like the harsh tones of we our voice. We are the number one blues podcast amongst 
lonely cats. No mm-hmm. question. No doubt in my mind. Um, yeah, I think that's it from us. I think we've rambled incoherently plenty. We will talk to you next week on Thursday again, right? Mm. Unless we are later, because we have the freedom to do that. No one owns us, much like local steak and shakes. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we hurt so much? <laughs> why, oh why, <laughs> do I hurt so much? <laughs> you know what they should use that song for? <laughs> Medication for fibromyalgia. <laughs>